Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I um, I have a question for you. Sure. So I know that what we're doing, we're, we've been talking about commission reports and we've been talking about um, sort of, uh, sorry, to remind uh, listeners, we talk about the precipitating event and then we talk about the members and then we talk about sort of what they concluded or recommendations um, that they have going forward. And then any changes that made to the agency slash government slash whatever um, comes after the commission report right? Sure, yes. So today's report is um, on, uh, I have to admit, first of all, the spelling of the name in this report is near and dear to my heart because um, it's marijuana, M-A-R-I-H-U-A-N-A, which of course is not how we spell marijuana now because we've come to understand that they're that the H is not uh, written that way. But my question to you about this report, which it seems to me, and I know you're gonna get into all the specifics, but it seems to me that this report did not go the way the originators thought it was going to go. Meaning the president that, that requested it didn't get the answer that they thought they were going to get. That's correct. And not in the same way that LBJ got a magic bullet in the Warren Commission, right? Like, not like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But like... Or, 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 or you know, the, the Bush 43 administration probably wasn't all that pleased when the 9-11 Commission basically went ahead and slammed, you know, multiple federal government agencies. Right. You know, the same agencies that Bush 43 then had to rely upon to fight a global war on terrorism, <laughs> right? Okay. Right. Okay. No, listeners, what me is talking about here is uh, uh, the Schaefer Commission, okay, uh, which the official title is the National Commission on Marijuana and Drug Abuse, okay, um, and as Nia pointed out, um, the president who wanted this commission was President Richard Nixon, okay, um, and uh, uh, Nixon wanted the commission um, for a very explicit political purpose, okay? He wanted a commission who was gonna report that um, the hippies, okay, who um, were using marijuana were a threat to American society and therefore the federal government um, should uh, include marijuana as a controlled substance, which could be uh, prosecuted by the federal government. That's what he wanted from the report. Instead, with their long hair and bell bottoms, which by the way, bell bottoms were a menace to American society, but (laughs) not in the way that he, I think, was thinking of. Yeah, because Nia, you and I are old enough to where we were at the end of the bell bottom generation. Right. And for anybody who's ever tried to wear bell bottoms, 
and then like even tried to walk quickly. Okay, oh. um, th- th- they are a danger to <laughs> just basic walking. Yes, right? okay. and because they're so long and so wide, they pick up all manner of of crap as you're walking along, right? Leaves and all oh, they were impossible to keep clean, right? <laughs> and but then okay. they got and then they got torn and ragged on the bottom. And you thought at the time that that was cool looking, but now you just realize that you just looked ratty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Sorry, younger viewers. I mean, younger listeners. What we're talking about are jeans that that flare out at the bottom where your feet are. Those were called bell bottoms. Bell bottoms, right? They were made popular by the hippie, the heretofore mentioned hippies that Nixon disliked. Now, Nixon disliked hippies for a lot of reasons, right? Like they were anti-war and they were anti-him and they had, there was a lot of demonstrations. Yeah, I mean, it came out of that movement. I mean, you know, Nixon's dislike of the hippies, okay, was rooted in the fact that none of them would vote for him, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, they disliked him, so he disliked them. Yeah, right. I mean, mutual loathing. Yeah, they weren't part of the silent majority uh, that was the basis of Nixon winning the 1968 and 1972 presidential elections, right? So, I mean, he, there was, you know, a, a pretty significant political reason. Now, in terms of policy, what had been passed before the creation of this commission was the Controlled Substance Act, okay? The Controlled Substance Act. And this is the law um, that went ahead and came up with the still existing typology of drugs, okay? Um, uh, and uh, uh, the, in, in basically, the Food and Drug Administration was tasked with um, studying uh, various drugs, um, and if it concluded that a drug did not have medicinal purposes and or um, could lead to addictive behavior, then it would be placed in what's known as the category of Schedule One drug. And if a drug is a Schedule One drug, the federal government could then um, uh, prosecute individuals for possession, sale, and distribution. So one of the huge questions was, do we put marijuana in Schedule One? And that was, that was the very technical, if you will, question that um, the Schaefer Commission was uh, created to address. Now, was there a precipitating event, okay, like with our other commissions? You know, was there an assassination of a president? No. Um, Did a space shuttle blow up? No, right? Um, Was there terrorist attacks? No. But this was a significant question after the Controlled Substance Act was passed by Congress. So Nixon, using the authority given to him in that law, created this commission. And this commission proves once again, uh, a very well-known law, the law of unintended consequences. (laughs) Murphy's law. (laughs) Yeah, right? 
Because the Schaefer Commission, Nia, basically concluded what about marijuana? I think that they, didn't they conclude that it was more or less sort of benign and like not that big of a deal? Yes, yes. The commission uh, 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 met for about a year um, and it called explicitly for the decriminalization of marijuana possession, okay? Now this, uh, for listeners who don't know, so there has been a long held back and forth discussion in popular culture about the addictive properties and the and other properties of marijuana. Correct. Um, way back in the late 30s, early 40s, and I'm not so I'm sorry, I don't know the date exactly. I want to say 38. I could be wrong about that. So don't don't quote me on that. Um, there was a movie, Reefer Madness right? And the, the, it was Hollywood's attempt to portray what happens to people who use marijuana and, and, uh, and, you know, the guy in it is over the top, dope, fiendy. He giggles a lot and he's really loud and he talks really fast. Some of that are side effects of, of, marijuana but some of those are side effects of other drugs and hollywood just sort of mixed them all in together and said this is what happens when kids and and the point of it is that it's teenagers he's a young man and he smokes pot and then i think he smokes but it, anyway it's it's just it was a way over the top portrayal right and then people started actually using marijuana and by the way i would like to disclaimer right now that augie and i are saying you you should follow the laws in the state in which you live about access to marijuana and its legality we are not encouraging people to break the law in order to try slash use slash whatever marijuana if your state if it's illegal in your state don't do it in your state um yeah, and I would go even further, guys. Uh, no matter what we say in this this particular podcast episode, okay, the use of any drug, whether it's nicotine, alcohol, marijuana, whatever the case may be, okay, um, you know there are health effects of using any drug, right. and we're not we're not uh, encouraging people to use marijuana, nor are we discouraging people from using marijuana, okay. But what we are talking about here is how this commission report, okay, was one of the, shall we say, seminal events in the discussion of marijuana as a drug and whether or not the government should regulate it, prohibit its use, okay, et cetera. In, in, in the movie that Nia is referencing, A Reefer Madness, it was made in 1936, right? Ah. Thank okay. You. No, you, you you had the right time frame, right? Um, and, and it was a movie about the dangers of kids, okay, being influenced by drug pushers. Okay, the problem is <laughs> the main character in this movie, okay, was exhibiting behaviors 
that you saw from a wide array, a wide array of drug usage, right? And okay. it was originally like I think it was financed by a church, or there was something like it was. It was there were purpose. There was a purpose behind that film. Oh, it was propaganda. I mean, there right. was no doubt about it. It's a, it was a propaganda movie, right? and and it held for a long time. Like people thought that that's what that that's how people on that people who were smoking marijuana that that's how they acted and i'm telling you it's one of those moral movies where like every bad thing that can happen to all of the people who smoke marijuana does they get murdered there's suicide there's a car wreck there's right like because they were trying to reinforce the point don't do this kids don't do this and then sometime in the 60s people well, I wouldn't say in the 60s people started using marijuana because they had used marijuana all along, but it became more popular and they realized, hey, this reefer madness thing isn't actually happening to most of the people that I know, right? It's not, it's oh, not yeah. this I mean, crazy, it, violent. In, in, in the Schaefer Commission basically concluded what doctors uh, have been saying for decades, okay? Um, which is most users of marijuana uh, tend to be, quote, more timid, drowsy, and passive. <laughs> okay. Which I'm not saying that I've ever used marijuana, but I recognize those characteristics. So, I mean, that way. Uh, in the Schaefer Commission actually recommended decriminalization and using other kinds of social measures to discourage use. Because the Schaefer Commission actually pretty, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They were kind of sort of ahead of their time um, in, in, in making recommendations in, in this sense. You know, young people have to be taught how to use drugs responsibly, right? I mean, you know, Nia and I, you know, have talked about our life experiences and we don't need to go into all the sort of details, okay? But nevertheless, okay, Nia and I have, if you will, a shared conclusion about drug usage, okay, when somebody is young. And that is, um, if not taught how to use drugs responsibly, it may lead to abuse, right? Okay. And and, it, and and when Augie's talking about drugs in that instance, by the way, we're 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 including alcohol. We are excluding things like heroin and cocaine, which you cannot teach people how to use responsibly because they are so addictive, um, and fentanyl, things like that. But yes. the the what we think of as the sort of more benign drug and alcohol sorts of things can be can be taught to be used in a more um a less deleterious fashion maybe that's yeah, i mean to... more responsible i mean right. i mean and again uh, there there are numerous studies for instance to show that the american approach to uh drinking alcohol um uh probably leads to more alcoholism than approaches used in other nations and other cultures. Um, for instance, in Europe, 
um, uh, where the drinking age is lower. Um, families are encouraged to teach their kids how to use alcohol responsibly. Right. Um, whereas here in the United States, um, you know, we, we have laws that prohibit uh, uh, um, the mere possession of alcohol before the age of 21, right? Again, um, so, we are not suggesting that you break the law, but we no, are again, suggesting that there are, there are adjustments that could be made to the law that would be, that would be beneficial in the long run to re reducing addiction. And in part of that is the mystery of it. Right. If I don't get to drink till I'm 21, all of a sudden it's a big deal to drink when I'm 21. Whereas if I've been having small amounts of wine for years with my family, the way they do, say, in France, then wine is not in any way a mystery. There's it's not good a big wine deal. and bad wine, but it's not a big deal. Right. Exactly. It's yeah, not. I mean, because, you know, I mean, think about how much how many of our behaviors when we are teenagers um, uh, are, you know, trying to find out why something is such a big deal that only adults can do it. Right? Exactly. It's a rebellion. Yeah. It's right? a rebellion thing. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, so for me, what's really fascinating, me, fascinating to me about the, the Schaefer commission was the commission knew what its creator wanted as a report, but yet they still did a very thorough job and issued a report that's, that its sponsor, President Nixon, okay, disliked. I mean, they had to know, and they still went ahead and did an extremely thorough job, okay, um, and offered conclusions that just upset Nixon to no end, right? Um, well, Nixon's the first one to declare a war on drugs, right? He's- Yes, yes. That's, that's under Nixon. So yep. was that a balanced membership? Is that part of why you got that kind of- Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, he, the, didn't report, he didn't just pick all his guys, right? That's correct. Uh, uh, um, uh, the commission chair was uh, uh, Raymond Schaefer, former governor of Pennsylvania. Um, but when you took a look at the membership, okay, you had psychiatrists, MDs, attorneys, members of the Senate and of Congress. You even had a television producer, uh, Joan Cooney. <laughs> you had the president of a university, okay, uh, John Howard. You had a dean of a law school, Charles Gelvin, right? I mean, this was a commission that in many ways was set up to not give Nixon what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it, it's interesting. Did he choose the members or do we know? Uh, the, the White House did. Yeah, oh, the okay. White House did. Yeah. So somebody in some subversive in the White House was was all like we should have. Although I'm assuming that another part of that is that um, uh, if he had had a balanced committee and they had come out for what he wanted, that would have been ten times stronger. Yes. Than if yeah. he'd had an unbalanced committee that came out for what he wanted. 
in right. a and they here. wanted, didn't they say they wanted, oh, sorry, no, we haven't gotten to one of their conclu their conclusions. We've gotten to Yeah, some. but I mean, but think about, for instance, Nia, at least two of the commissions we have already reviewed in previous podcast episodes have been criticized because the outcome was a foregone conclusion before the commission even began its work. Right. Right. I mean, think about, for instance, the Warren Commission. I mean, one of the conspiracy critiques was that there was no chance that the Warren Commission was going to report the involvement of either the mafia or uh, Fidel Castro in the communists in Cuba. Right. Or Hoover, for that matter. Yeah, like, right. OK. None of the none of the common conspiracy you know, yeah, in the uh, language of Casablanca, none of the usual suspects exactly. were going to be named in the uh, Warren Commission final report. Right? Thank you for the nice <laughs> reference. Oh, well, I mean, hey, anytime that I can go ahead. And, uh, anytime uh, we can reference Casablanca or Hitchcock, we know our job here is done. Yeah. <laughs> Nia, you, you've, been, you've been working with me too long, right? <laughs> Uh, but I mean, also think about, for instance, you know, one of the critiques of the 9-11 Commission report um, that um, uh, certain agencies uh, were either going to get a free pass um, or were not uh, rigorously uh, investigated um, to go ahead and cover up multiple sins of most multiple presidential administrations right leading up to the 9-11 uh, attacks right and we know that they were allowed to lie yeah I mean, right yeah i mean in, 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 but the schaefer commission i mean they just came out and said okay um we do not think marijuana is a dangerous drug okay um, that's the first and biggest thing yes but okay. but my favorite thing was they were like we ought to we ought to decriminalize possession. Yes. Okay. Boom. They were, mind blown. Mind yes. blown when I read your notes on that, and totally blown away by the idea that they would say, you know, we ought to de we ought to decriminalize that because if we had done that in the seventies, where would criminal justice be now? Now, I mean, because the I mean the the incredible amount of racism that's in the system could have been mitigated slash prevented From by that one act alone, by, by saying that that's decriminalized. Yeah, I mean, and by making marijuana a Schedule One drug per the Controlled Substance Act, it allowed the federal government, okay, um, to arrest not only sellers, drug dealers, okay? But those who merely possessed, okay, recreational uses of marijuana, right? Okay, um, it led to, you know, thousands if not millions of young, young people um, uh, uh, being incarcerated in American prisons. Um, from the federal law flowed state laws um, that also made possession of marijuana um, uh, a felony uh, in many instances. Um, so if the feds were not, were not arresting a whole bunch of young people, then the states were. Um, and as Nia, we should note mostly young people of color. Young people of color um, and males, okay? Right. 
Right, a huge generation young, of young African American males. Okay, um, it foreshadowed what ended up being the Reagan administration war on drugs. Okay, um, and by not distinguishing between marijuana users and users of cocaine and heroin, etc. Okay, the draconian sentences. Okay that arose with the Reagan administration's war on drugs, the Clinton administration's version of war on drugs. Okay, because let's be very clear, this just wasn't a Republican president shtick, okay? Oh no, this has been- Yes, right? Like Yeah, this has been ongoing. Through, right? through all of the administrations between Nixon to now. Obama. Yeah, well, Which, to, to, yeah, to, to to basically Barack Obama, right? I mean, that's that's a uh, mixture of Republican and Democrat administrations. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it's not like you know Jimmy Carter uh, was you know rolling out the the welcome mat, notwithstanding Willie Nelson apparently uh, <laughs> rolling a fatty on the uh, uh, the roof of the White House uh, when he came to visit Jimmy Carter, right? <laughs> yeah, and, well, if, and you know Jimmy what Carter should have been sympathetic because his brother was. Oh yeah, he, he, his his brother was. We uh, should do an episode on presidential brothers sometime. Because <laughs> there have been quite the crew of them over the years, particularly um, the brothers. I mean, yeah, we could also, the sisters seem to be more benign for some reason. Yeah, right. But I mean, if we did an episode on uh, uh, presidential uh, families, right, um, we would need a separate episode just for the brothers. Right. Then we then we could get into the spouses and children, okay? Occasionally mothers, okay? Um, presidential fathers kind of sort of fall into your benign category, Nia. Yeah, they but seem to be pretty quiet for the most part, yeah, but, for but Kennedy. Yeah, but you know, presidential mothers, oh my goodness, right? Yeah. I mean, some of them were grooming, okay? Um, <laughs> and again, because we've only had male presidents, some of the mothers have been grooming their sons to be presidents from like as soon as they were born. Yeah, it makes you think of the Roman Senate. Like yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you're like, good Goodness. lord, right? I mean, the, you know. The, I mean, it's good that you believe in your kid and you believe he should be president. We're all for that. All yeah, kids but, have the opportunity, but man. But 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 some of these were like Shakespearean plot lines. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Talk I mean, about stage moms. Yeah. Right. Okay. Get out there and perform. Okay. But, but back so to, back to the Schaefer Commission. Yeah. Yes. So, so I mean, it looks like so. I I guess one the probably their most important conclusion is is the users are not dangerous. Like they're trying to counter the public opinion that marijuana users are dangerous and crazy and gonna run you off the road and kill you, right? Which is, we know not generally the case. Case, right? And now we are gonna caveat that some people who use marijuana may do, may commit violent crime, but it tends to not be something that leads to violent crime. Um, did, 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 Nia, but, there is a part of the report, of the Schaefer Commission report, um, and it was a footnote that made reference to the fact that the insurance industry in the United States had concluded in the late 60s, early 1970s, that 
alcohol use created greater economic costs than marijuana usage. Oh, in terms of car accidents and property damage, property lost damage, wages, like okay, um, injury, uh, life expectancy, self injury, rather, you know, life expectancy. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, the, the uh, damage that it does to your body. Yes, right. I mean, and again, you know, the insurance industry relies heavily on statisticians, right? Demographers, right? right. Okay, who can go ahead and measure- Actuarial tables. Those, yes, right. We're pretty okay. sure you're gonna die next week on Thursday. So yeah, right? that's how okay. much we're gonna pay out. <laughs> yeah, and they take, if you will, mass aggregate data, right. okay? And, and draw certain kinds of conclusions. And in most instances, they are remarkably, you know, correct, accurate here uh, in their assessments, right? Um, so in many ways, the Schaefer Commission, I mean, if the Schaefer Commission said nothing else but recreational users of marijuana are not a danger to American society and therefore possession of marijuana should be decriminalized, it would have been a noteworthy commission report. Right. The problem is the commission report was basically dead on arrival when it was submitted to the White House and then later to the United States Congress. Okay. Yeah, because didn't Congress say, um, yeah, we heard your recommendation, but we we don't care. We don't we don't want to decriminalize. Yeah. And, and that was actually brought up to Congress, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, and in 1974, a congressional subcommittee um, chaired by Senator James Eastland, okay, um, uh, and, and I forget which uh, fine state Eastland comes from. Uh, I want to say Mississippi. I'm looking that up right now, uh, listeners. James Eastland from the fine state of Mississippi, right. Well remembered. Yes, James Eastland um, chaired a subcommittee who went ahead and rejected the Schaefer Commission's reports and instead recommended in the United States Congress um, uh, uh, voted to make marijuana a schedule one drug. Yes. Um. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I personally um, uh, don't use marijuana and have not used marijuana for very, very, very long time because I'm old, and um, I don't do a lot of things that I did when I was young. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't. I am. I don't think that you and I can really argue the merits of long-term usage and medical because I don't know how much of that has actually been studied. Um, it would be really hard to have studies on people where things are illegal. Hey, you user of an illegal drug, would you like to be part of my study? Um, is probably not what most people, most people probably wouldn't be in a study. Uh, so I think legalization now, I mean, that's relatively recent, isn't it? That only started in the last, what, 20 years or so, maybe even less than that. Um, the first states, to legalize marijuana for, for medicinal purposes um, occurred in the 1990s. 
in the right? 90s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But for um, recreational use, because we know that there's actually been medical studies done. They were done even before it was um, legalized in a lot of states because they could get special permission to give it medicinally to see if it worked or not. So, but, but as far as recreational, I think that comes later. Yeah. Um, so 1996, California legalizes marijuana for medicinal purposes. The first two states to legalize marijuana for recreational use um, happened in 2012, Washington and Colorado. And okay. as of this recording, that's nine years. That's nine years. So yep. there is not a body of literature that is what we call a long-term study, which is usually 10 years or more, where you look at what the effects are on a various groups of people. That will start to come out in the next few years where we will actually have underpinning um, research that shows either danger or not danger of long-term yeah. recreational use. Yeah. In listeners, without going too far into the weeds of research methods here, okay, I mean, what Nia is talking about here is if we want to do a quality longitudinal study, okay, we're now approaching, you know, what most scholars believe is a solid baseline. I mean, you would basically like to have at least 8, 10, 12 years, right? Right. You also want to have a sample size that is somewhat robust, right? So if you only have a couple states, it's hard to generalize what might be the experience in other states. But now, Nia, we have 35 states, including, or excuse me, plus the District of Columbia that have legalized uh, cannabis for medicinal use. 14 states plus DC have legalized the recreational use, okay? And again, that's all happened, most of those, in the last four to five years, right? So now the tension is between the federal... Yes. The federal sort of illegality... Yes. And the state legality, and, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, and I could easily be wrong, and I'm fine with being corrected, but it seemed to me like President Obama said, yes, we see that there is a tension there. We are not going to prosecute. That's how they're going to deal with it. They're going to leave the law in place, but they're not going to prosecute the law. Yeah, because <laughs> President Obama rather infamously said, in a press conference, the federal government had, quote, bigger fish to fry, unquote. <laughs> Which, I mean, there is something to be said about that, but. See, so, uh, I've so always joked, think, oh, I've always joked Nia, that, that that was the wrong uh, food metaphor. Um, <laughs> uh, said, More Doritos we, to eat? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what he should have said. Sorry, the federal government has more Doritos. Doritos to eat. He right? totally missed the. You can tell he's not well. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's not a marijuana user. Right. But no. <laughs> okay. And, and if he is, okay. Well uh, done, him for for making a bad, for making a bad metaphor instead of the perfect one. Yeah, and keeping it under wraps. I mean, because I mean, <laughs> let's face it. You know, in today's you know media uh, a world um yeah uh you know what former presidents do is almost as big as news as what the current president is doing right yeah 
And if the current um, president is quiet, then it's bigger news. Yep. Yeah, right. But um, you make you make a really good point. Since the Obama administration, and there was only one exception to this, we've had roughly nine years of presidents who did not pursue marijuana prosecutions. And I say one exception, uh, the first nine months of the Trump administration when Jeff Sessions was attorney general, okay, he actually, okay, wanted the FBI and the DEA to go after marijuana users uh, because Jeff Sessions believes um, that marijuana is a gateway drug, that if you start using marijuana, um, it will lead to you using harder, more addictive drugs. Can I point out, you just said a word. Gateway drugs. No, but, you said believe. Yes. And that is because there's no research. Yeah. We, we can stop believing a thing about this and actually research a thing about this and know. We can know whether it's a gateway drug or not. We don't have to believe that it's a gateway. Sorry, I'm, I'm plugging research right now because it's research season and because I'm feeling like this. I wonder if. Yeah, in the language I, I'm a little, of Al I struggle Gore. with with the American with the with the we are going to put this in a controlled substance and never revisit or research to find out if it really was or should be. Yeah, a controlled I mean, substance. I mean, at the risk of bringing up, you know, a, a book title from, you know, former Vice President Al Gore, research done well provides evidence of inconvenient truths. Right. Okay. Um, and it cuts across ideological spectrums. Right. Okay. Research doesn't care what party you belong to. Yeah, I mean, research it affects, doesn't care what it affects your multiple policy in. problems. Okay, etc. Right, um, and um, and again, um, and I try to tell my students this. Occasionally, I have to remind my colleagues of this. I certainly have to tell my non-academic friends. It's all right to have beliefs but also recognize that beliefs may have to change based on, okay, research conclusions, right? You know, science is not inherently good or bad, right? Science can be done poorly, right? At times, um, I, I wanna pull out what remaining hair I have <laughs> when scientists say, um, we know this. And then they have to afterwards say, well, maybe we were wrong. Well, why don't you just come out and say, this is what we know, okay? But we may not know everything, right? Well, or this is what we currently know, no. or currently believe to be true based yes. on the evidence thus far. Far, right? Um, currently, we believe ourselves to be alone in the universe based on the evidence thus far. thus far. Right? When Klaatu lands in in uh, Times Square, and for those of you who don't know who Klaatu is, shame on you. Um, <laughs> and 
<laughs> like and steps out of a ship we will be like aha the evidence has changed and now we know we are not alone in the universe like the, the, the scientific research so far in regards to marijuana being a gateway drug is it isn't a gateway drug right it is not okay now as neil pointed out and even some of the studies that have concluded that we may not necessarily know for sure because the population that would have to be studied would have to go ahead and acknowledge years of illegal behavior right okay and a lot of people, okay, who engage in illegal behavior don't even want to tell researchers, hey, guess what? I've been engaged in illegal behavior for 15, 20 years, right? Well, or, and if you ask a cocaine user, did you did you use marijuana? And they say yes, correlation is not causation. Correlation, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Did you ask them about the other things they did? Did they also you know, burn incense? Did they use, you know, did, uh, they like, did they grow up in a dysfunctional family? Right. Um, you know, did they, did they grow up in a single parent household? Do they did drink they, alcohol? Yes. Okay. Did that lead to cocaine use? Probably not, but okay. that doesn't mean, yeah. So there's okay. a lot do of. They, do they engage in other addictive behaviors, which actually suggest a different psychological problem? Okay. Other than drug uh, abuse and addiction, right? Right. These, these are all variables, right. right? These are all variables. But you did point to the larger, if you will, federalism issue here, right? Because technically, marijuana is still, by law, a Schedule I drug, which means unless Congress goes ahead and changes the law, a future presidential administration could go ahead and do what, Nia? I assume they could start widespread arresting all the people in the states where they say it's where they say it's legal, and I would assume that it, knowing the federal government the way I do, that what they would do is stake out all the medicinal shops, and then they would do a large sweep of yes of of all of the people who bought something in the last six months or a year or whatever, and just. It, similar to what is happening and not the same thing by far but similar to what is happening with prosecutions um in the uh january 6th riot which people went home and now they're getting visits from the federal government saying oh by the way we found you in this crowd shot and we used you know our various methods of forensics to find you and now we'd like to arrest you or at least charge you with something or you know at least have a very unpleasant conversation <laughs> with you <laughs> right. Yeah, right. exactly <laughs> so i'm assuming that it would be something similar i mean a president could now like joe biden could tomorrow decide you know what i'm rounding up everybody who's used marijuana in the last six months well, who's I mean, bought it publicly well while speaking of uh, the the biden administration um, uh, there have been uh, uh, news reports as recently as this morning where um, uh, junior staffers in the executive office of the president, okay, have either lost their jobs, okay, or they have uh, been demoted uh, because they went ahead and acknowledged on the um, rather extensive White House application, job application form, that they used marijuana. Really? 
Yes. Okay. That, that seems. Well, but historically, okay. Hmm. Okay. Think about it, Nia. I have many feelings about that. Well, I have a lot of feelings about it, but remember, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, 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 according to the federal government, okay. Uh, marijuana usage is a federal crime. Do you want a bunch of federal lawbreakers working in the executive office of the president? <laughs> I put to you that that is always who works in the office of the president. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Lots of fine people have served in those offices. And I'm not saying that these people are not fine people. That's the, that's, that's the problem with the broad brush approach, approach. to anything is yes. is that's why the whole and uh, sorry just brief tangent for a moment but it's related to drug offenses the three strikes and you're out put people in prison for incredibly long periods of time for really small dumb stuff yeah because it was their third offense but the right. third offense could have been a simple misdemeanor where they were stealing food from a grocery store to feed their families right now previously you know were they perhaps a dangerous criminal? Yeah, but what if they had reformed? But nevertheless, okay, they had a family of you know four or five uh, people to feed, and the only way they thought they could go ahead and do it um, is by shoplifting. Right. We're going to go ahead and put them in jail for twenty years, okay? Because they went ahead and you know shoplifted a few cans of soup and a couple loaves of bread. Give me a break, right? Well, and, and, and by the way, I'm not soft on. I'm not soft on crime, but when you have that kind of broad approach right. to a larger public policy problem, which is recidivism, right? How do we stop this train of people committing crime after crime after crime? Well, one solution, okay, which again, actually originated in the state of California was the three strikes policy, right? But Again, with marijuana. Yeah, it's really hard to recidivate. I don't think that's a word. Um, it's really hard to commit another crime if you're in prison. Yes. Like, okay. we'll, we'll take down that recidivism rate next really low by just keeping everybody. Yes. But on the other hand. <laughs> is that the society you want to live in? Yeah. Do you want to live in a society where you're locking up a whole bunch of people who potentially could be productive members of society, right? Right, Because let's face it, it's far more expensive, studies have shown, to keep a person in jail for a year than to go ahead and give them job training or community college classes, okay, or basic life skill classes, right? And, and that's not to say that the people who are out here who are selling eight tons of weed right the the uh, huge yeah, the, the, distributor guy like dude you're going to prison and no yeah, those are feels bad for you like, yeah those are drug dealers like el chapo or whoever you are right like and his girlfriend i think is now on the chopping block ah, ah chapo um i didn't mean to do that but occasionally i get a pun but, but but nevertheless but like those guys we're not who that's not who we're talking about we're talking about your casual recreational user who's buying less than an ounce they just want to buy a couple of you know well, they, they yeah they they, they they want to go ahead and have enough to roll up a couple of cigarettes smoke yes. a little weed with some friends 
play and Trivial that, Pursuit, eat, do, it, eat Doritos, and go to bed. Well, in, in the logic of the Schaefer Commission recommendation was, how's that any different than the person who wants to go ahead and have a couple beers at the end of a hard work week? Right. Okay. Or in my instance, you know, last night, you know, I graded 15, 20 midterm exams. And afterwards, I poured myself a couple fingers of scotch. Right. Okay. Um, I didn't abuse medicinal. it. Medicinal. At that point, it was medicinal. Yeah, right. I mean, I, <laughs> stress reliever. <laughs> it was a stress reliever, right? Okay. Because if I had read one more midterm exam, I was going to start putting some comments that were not constructive on the exam. <laughs> but you didn't get in your car and drive. No. You didn't violently interact with anybody. Nope. You, nope. you listened I, to some jazz. Yes. And then you I went to a, bed. You are correct. I pulled up some uh, uh, John Coltrane. Okay. I had a couple fingers of scotch. Okay. And I started reading a fiction book. Okay. Um, and I woke up this morning and I was, you know, ready to roll in regards to recording this podcast episode. Okay? Yeah. I, 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 I think that the Schaefer Commission was dead on in saying we need to revisit this particular drug. One, we don't have enough research to prove that it is a gateway drug or or isn't, and we need that. But also it doesn't do what you think it does. It doesn't do with a lot of a lot of the other substances. I mean the other substances on the substance one are serious stuff. They're yes. That's cocaine and heroin and meth, right? It's um, yes. and the fentanyl. synthetic stuff, fentanyl, yes. right? The synthetic stuff that makes you, that really is incredibly life altering when used in any sort of regular fashion. Yeah. And, 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 and again, guys, me and I are not necessarily recommending that, you know, you go out, you know, tomorrow and smoke pot. Nope. And smoke pot. No, we're not seeing that. But the Schaefer Commission report points to, I think, one of the purposes of this podcast, which is let's have a conversation. Right. Okay. What right. do we know? What do we not know? Okay? Exactly. What are the consequences? What are the value trade-offs? Right. You know, one of the things that the Schaefer Commission report, you know, highlighted was many marijuana users are not bad people right they're not bad people right and and they're not using every day and they're not like many recreational users use very randomly it's not even a daily or weekly or monthly there's no schedule to it there's no yeah i mean it's not like they wake up in the morning like you know an addict and say i must have my marijuana Right? right. I must smoke a bowl. Okay. Before I can do the rest of my day. Right? right. No, they're not there. And if there are a few of those, we need to find out why we why? need to, we need to be able to research them and how to give them treatment and how exactly. to go ahead and, 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 and help them figure out how to lead productive lives. Right. right? Um, so, but you, you, folks, if you get a chance, Okay, and by the way, we're uh, uh, we will provide on the research guide a couple links to the Schaefer Commission report. Unfortunately, it actually got published 
okay, by I think Signet Publishing, right? And I I want to make a note about that. Um, most federal government documents are available because the federal government is required to make them available. Um, I'm not entirely certain why this one is not available through the government publishing office. And if it does become available, we will put the official link. What we're going to do is put some links from um, drug organizations, but you have to be aware that they have a bias in promoting, just like this was also used in arguments to, for um, the legalization like hey, people have, this yeah. was used hugely in that purpose so do keep that in mind um, and we know that that's a biased use but we also are trying to get a copy available to people if they can but you can buy it you can buy it from signet you can also buy it i think on amazon um but yeah i'm i apologize for that it is not currently as far as i'm aware and i wonder if that's because it was suppressed by the Nixon administration. administration. <laughs> uh, no, not only did we not like your conclusions, we're not going to publish it uh, through the government. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I apologize to listeners for that. But um, as soon as one becomes available, uh, an official government copy becomes available, we will, of course, update the guide with that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so uh, the last thing that I want to mention about this is at least to me i think that it says a lot about exactly what you were i want to follow up on your point it says a lot about the idea that what we should be doing in government is coming at a topic the way we come at any research which is we have not drawn a conclusion we are wide open the field is wide open and we yes. need to take in all the information and then figure out what should be legal and not legal and i'm not entirely certain that we do that um, we do that a lot in research in government but i don't know that we do that a lot in legislation no no um, i think we need to do more of it and that takes time and that means actually listening to your opponents um, who might actually have beyond belief um, some really good reason, uh, uh, reasons for concern, okay? Right. Um, and it doesn't make them bad people if they disagree with you. Right. Right? Yeah, uh, okay. Jeff Sessions and I disagree on this topic, but I don't think Jeff Sessions is evil. No, I, right? I, I think that we disagree on this topic. And I would love to sit, I would love to sit down with Jeff Sessions for lunch um, sometime just because I have so many questions, um, most of which he would not answer. But I, I would love to know, you know, why he thinks that, because he's not the only person I've heard say that, that it's, a, that it's a gateway drug. And so I'd like to know what his evidence is, and I'd like to know what other people's evidence is so I can make an informed decision um, about whether I think it's a gateway drug or not. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and if, we're not, if it's not going to be a Schedule One drug, okay, then how do we go ahead and regulate its use right. um, so that one, um, people who do use it recreationally are not made criminals, but two, how do we prevent to the extent possible people abusing it? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like the conversations um, that I think we need to have more about uh, preventing alcohol abuse, alcoholism, 
um, and the damage done uh, by the bottle. Right. Yeah. But thanks, Augie. This sure. is a really this one is a I won't say fun, but it is certainly an interesting read. Um, I think people, if they get a chance to read the 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 actual commission report, um, if you can get past the spelling. Uh, which I struggled with for the first few pages. But if you can get past that, um, it's got some really interesting things to say. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Neil. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU libraries. Special thanks to the workshop for technical assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.